This is Pam Electric Ghost, <coughs> excuse me, and um, this is our continuing series of song deconstructions. Uh, we previously were on Spearman, and now we're doing a podcast that's getting a wider distribution, and we're going to prepare to interview our some of our previous guests. Um, Rain uh, indicated she'd be willing, Araya, and um, Indicate she'd be willing to mute it. Indicate they'd be willing. Uh, I believe I'm waiting for Kendra, Erica, and um, also um, Kendra Black to talk to on this platform. But what we did here, which is really cool on Anchor, is um, you can actually include Spotify and Apple Music releases. So we included um, one of our brand new songs, which we have out there. Um, on Spotify and Apple Music and a lot of other platforms that we just put out. Um, it's a Dark Ghost track, um, Souls That You Should Never Move Toward. And this song is um, is very personal to me because sometimes, you know, basically what this song is doing is sometimes in, in life, you meet somebody that you really dig, you're really into them, but they, they really, it's like, it's like oil and water or salt on an open wound. And there are some people that when you connect with them, they actually, you know, it doesn't help you. It might not be that that person's fault. It probably isn't that person's fault. But it's just like the chemistry between um, those two people eventually is destructive and it doesn't go anywhere. And um and that you know is very painful, and I think you can see that in um, issues with domestic violence. You can see that when you know bands break up, like the Beatles, like the relationship between Lennon and McCartney. You know, you, you can see what happens. They sometimes, you know, the people that you really key in on or really have a connection with, they can hurt you the most, and um, it's just a very painful thing that can happen. So this song. Uh, is constructed in the typical way that Family Liquid Ghost, uh, which is my vehicle for my music, um, is basically what I do is I have a hardware workflow where I use, you know, analog and digital sense to create music outside of a DAW. Like I, I totally keep my instruments and my hardware outside the DAW. I use um, Zoom R16s and R24s to record, and um, any kind of um, overdubs are all done by tracking them on these digital recorders, which I find with instruments like Moogs and Rollins and drum machines um, that it's very useful. And yeah, I've gotten into Eurorax now, and um, <coughs> excuse me, in the Eurorack format, being able to take that analog signal and not get compression by bringing it into a DAW, by bringing it directly to a quarter inch line onto a digital recorder or recording at 24 bit quality. You can do things where you don't lose the signal. You don't lose the warmth of the analog signal. So I believe that um, it's um, very um, powerful to do that. It might not be as easy, but what I find is, you know, sometimes, in music today, people are losing the opportunity or the ability to actually play the song 
on your instrument. And I think if you can play an instrument, like a keyboard or guitar or bass or horn, it is preferable, in my opinion, to play that instrument and record it in a technique similar to what you do in a recording studio, by just taking it down, doing multiple takes, really learning the material, feeling the material, and and putting it together that way. Now, in the future, I'm thinking of using an Embassy X um, to uh, do some post-production, but post-production, not actual production. So I feel that um, I've been doing this since I was you know, a kid using Tascam 4 trackers and 8 trackers, um, and it's just the way I like to record. But I believe if you see a movement with all these analog synths, and you see something like you know the, the Zoom live track, there, there's a reason why things like that are being created because if there is this kind of like experimental nature of using an analog synth, is that you don't know what it's gonna do and you kind of let it, you know, the, the instrument, the, the ghost in the machine kind of talk to you, you put things down and you capture them and then you find, oh, that's pretty cool. And you, you, could, you can overdub on something that's very unique, very kind of point in time. And analog instruments are kind of like that anyway. <laughs> analog instruments are, excuse me, are, are, are basically like living organic things in terms of what they give you even if you've got a patch bay and you set it up and you come into it the next day, it's slightly different or you, you approach it differently because it sounds different because you didn't wait for it to warm up or it, it's been on for two hours and now it sounds different. Like you've got a Moog Mother 32 or you've got an Arturia, you know, mini boot or micro boot. You can, you understand what I'm saying. When you deal with these systems and then, then just the, just, uh, the complexity of patching in a Euro rack and the different opportunities you have <coughs> excuse me, to actually, um, you know, route or override the routing that is inherent in some of these systems. So if you use like a utility module, like a make noise math module, and then you use a morphogene, um, you can do things you know, differently every day. So what I've been doing is taking a morphogene from make noise, which is like a a modern tape looping system <laughs> similar <laughs> to um, what, you know, uh, George Martin was doing with the Beatles and, and, and creating all these tape loop splices from my own material. And then you reinventing some of my own material to create new songs. And so what you have with, with this Dark Ghost song, um, it, it basically starts with a morphogene loop of a sample of a song that I wrote called um, um, Blue Lights um, Under the Cul-de-Sac. And I slowed it down to such a degree that it's not recognizable as that song, but it kind of gives a background of all this sound um, that comes from my own material. And that is the basis of the rhythm and the, and the sonic structure of the song. And then from there, I use a Moog DFAM and what I love about the DFAM is, yeah, it's not an 808, it's not a 909, it's not a CR78, you know, it, but it allows you to simplify a beat, um, and then you can play the filters. So if you play all the filters and you play all the, 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 the ability to, 
modify the oscillator, the two oscillators on the system, and you know, bringing them in or not bringing them in, um, use them in different ways. You can um, create a drum beat that is consistent, but it's varied. And then I think they'll take that and put it down on the R24 Zoom and then play live over it. So with this song, you, you, you basically, basically I'm playing a piano um, chord structure that is pur purposely discordant because the song talks about discordant, you know, nature of a relationship. Uh, and that basically is, um, you know, is, is in the song because I do some off key chords to kind of emphasize this is a discordant relationship. This is something that's like not good. You're just falling apart. You know, like you're going toward this this phantasm that you shouldn't go to. That that there's a soul you shouldn't know, but you keep on getting moved toward them, and it's it's hurting you in some way. It's not making you feel good. And so the music reflects that, and the chord changes, which are kind of off key, and then there's a, a guitar going on as well as, a, as an overdub. But going back to the piano, um, I find sometimes you probably shouldn't do this or you know, one of the rules is, oh, you do the vocals separately from the piano. But sometimes when you're trying to write a song, it's kind of like a, a, a guy who's playing an acoustic guitar. <clears throat> you know, and if Bob Dylan, you know, he's writing songs like Tangled Up the Blue and Idiot When, a lot of times, you know, you put down the demo with him playing the guitar and singing because that's the best way to kind of capture the, the vibe of the song is actually you know playing the, the, the guitar and doing a vocal at the same time. And so for this song, I played the piano and the vocal on the same track to kind of capture the feeling that I wanted. And in some cases I do that and then I overdub it to make a tighter vocal. But this one, I just like the way it felt and I just, you know, is this a choice? Yeah, I don't always record that way. Sometimes I, I put something out and I make a separate vocal track. But this particular song, I chose to make that decision. And I was talking to um, the band from the Bahamas, uh, Heritage, and they basically, you know, we were having the same kind of discussion. There's, there's all these people who say there's like certain rules and right way and wrong way to do things in music. But when you start to actually do it, uh, you find that you do songs in different ways and you might break the the rules the so-called rules um just because you know the song requires it there are some songs that require you to play it live and then overdub it there's some songs that require you to do the vocal and and a, and a guitar or a piano in the same track there are some songs that you basically you know purposely put something out of tune or or you or you run something in a, in a filter that's not traditional or, or you, you, you do backward tape looping or you do heavy orchestration you do all kinds of different things to service the song because that's as a songwriter you have a feel you have an intention and no one can really know your intention other than you know a really good producer they can be kind of feel your vibe um, but when you're creating your song as a songwriter or singer songwriter you are like responsible for that vibe and you're not dependent on a producer to give you that feel and you create your art because that's the way you felt it's like you know like painting and if you talk to a painter like why do you do these layers why did you do that well it with the song is the same thing so to me i've always been very enamored with 
singer-songwriters because I love to see the full picture of a musical artist um, and, and what their full vision is. Now, it's not, you know, the only type of artist that you can be enamored with. I mean, I love groups like the Beatles and you know, groups like Yes and, and uh, you know, Emerson, Lake and Power, where you basically have, you know, multiple groups of people that, that have a vision. Or the Who. I mean, the Who is a good example. Everybody was a, such an individual. But Pete Townsend was that driving force behind it. He's the primary singer songwriter of the group. But Keith Moon totally reinterpreted Pete's original demos. And there's nobody that played like Moon. And then Entwistle, there's nobody played bass like that, lead bass. So you have a lead bass, you have Moon doing this crazy jazz uh, rock drumming that's not exactly in time. It never was supposed to be in time. It's not the kind of the whole secret sauce is the fact that Moon is not a typical drummer keeping time. He is soloing all through the whole song. And and that gives them the kind of frenetic punk nature. And then Entwistle is basically doing the same thing. He's going off and doing these crazy bass lines, kind of like a jazz player. And then what is actually the real glue is Pete Townsend's chord structures are more in t- or, or said like a timing more than the drummer or the bass player. And then Dolphy is, is doing the vocals at a level that Pete can't do. You, you can almost every whose song Pete has a demo. And he he teach voices awesome, but Dolphy has a power that Pete can't have, that doesn't have. And and so he interprets Pete's songs in a different way. And so when Dolphy takes Peter Townsend's songs, he, he totally brings them into a totally different space and, and makes them what you have as the who. So the who, you know, is is that merging of all those four people. And then Pete Townsend, if you listen to his solo albums, like Empty Glass and Psycho Derelict or, you know, all the best cowboys of Chinese life, it's really good work, but it's not the who. And there's a reason, because it takes the four individuals in the who to actually make that sound. It's like the Coltrane Trio. It takes those three individuals to make the Coltrane Trio or all the individuals in Sun Ra to make Sun Ra. So there, there is something to be said with for collaboration, but there also is something to be said for singer-songwriters that do it all, like a prince. And um, I, have, I have worked with multiple people in my career. Uh, the last you know, effort we, I did was with Hulk Control K out of Los Angeles, who's, who's awesome. Uh, singer, songwriter, producer. Um, she has a really cool style, and we put it together the album, electronic album, which is not exactly electronic. It's a merging of lots of things. It's like sunrise, yes, it's Parliament, P Funk. It's, it's a lot of different things. Um, but that album was called To Infinitum. It's still out there. It has art from our our friend Turner Bell or Adam at TurnerBell.com. And the track we were just talking about is on the new fan Lucky Ghost album, which is going to come out this year, which is called Dark Ghost, the Spider Puppets. And and Cheryl Bellow is doing the art exclusively for this project. It's going to have more art than we had for Two and Venom. Though in Two and Venom, we had a lot of videos that had additional art that Adam had done is, um, for us. But this album is going to have a 24-page booklet. It's going to have posters. It's going to have a double CD. And it's a, 
it's a accumulation of, of family of ghost tracks uh, that we had on Bandcamp. They are still out there. Uh, and new stuff that we've done this year um, as we gained capabilities in our workflow. So some of the things we gained this year were our Euro rack with our D family mother 32 and the make noise math and morphogene and an arteria uh, mini brute 2S. We've also um, gained the ability to have a studio electronics microphone, uh, which is really helping us with our vocals. And we've adjusted Josephine Electric's vocal, my alter ego, my female alter ego that I create with vocoders with a VTO3 module, which um, is really making her even more feminine than I wanted her to be in the first place. Um, so the effort I do with this band is, is to take ideas and and bring them out. And Dark Ghost is is got a bunch of ideas that are at a micro and macro level. At a, at a macro level, there's kind of darkness in the universe that pulls people into into bad decisions or bad behaviors, and you know, at, at, you know, at, at, a, at a societal level, and at the micro level, there's personal relationships that kind of get fractured because of the same kind of energy. And basically, the song songs talk about um, discordance, dissonance, um, you know, finding somebody that might be your twin, um, some finding somebody that you know you feel like you're you're in the same key. But then something goes wrong and then it becomes discordant and then you can't get it back together. Um, and so there's a lot of themes like that that are running through the album. Um, and songs like Sonic Quinn and songs like like the song we just talked about. So this this new format we like because there's actually a full song for that you can listen to and um, and actually listen to it at a high level. In, in, in this particular broadcast, it's a, a track that we put up on Spotify. It's also on Apple Music, but at this time it wasn't there. Uh, it will be there. Uh, and we're hoping to get other people to get in on this new format. And we thank all of our listeners to, to keep on following us. And we're very excited about this process. Thank you.